It's time for Gophers football talk because the spring football kicks off tomorrow. The spring season is going to be officially underway, which means the early enrollees can be going. We're going to talk about who could have bigger roles in 2024. And then we got to talk about the Gophers women's basketball team because they got back on track and shot the lights out on Michigan. That and more on Locked On Golden Gophers. You are Locked On Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here. We're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. However it turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You are listening to Lockdown Golden Gophers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And today we are talking about players who could have bigger roles in 2024 for the Gophers football team, strictly talking about the players who are returning, not any of the new players, not any of the transfers in, just strictly players who are coming back in 2024. And now when we're talking about newer or bigger roles, we're also talking about players that probably weren't full-time starters, or if they were, they were in a unit that was a rotation throughout the year. So overall, that's what we're looking at at first. Then we're going to move on to the 2024 season and what does success look like for the Gophers in the new Big Ten in year one of that new Big Ten, plus the 12-team playoffs officially kicking off in 2024. What does success look like finally? We got to talk about that women's basketball team because they got a major dub on the road at Michigan, which we'll dive into deep. So be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any daily Gophers content moving forward. And let me know what players you think are going to step up into a larger role in 2024. I'm going to give you my thoughts right now. The first one being... First, before I get there, I'm going to say three names on offense, three names on defense. But the first one on offense that I believe is going to have a bigger role in 2024 is Elijah Spencer. Now, Elijah Spencer was a big time get for the Gophers in the transfer portal in last year's transfer portal sessions. You're talking about a player who had almost a thousand yard receiving season, scored a ton of touchdowns for Charlotte, and was standing out to scouts that were going to see Grant DeBose. They looked at Elijah Spencer and they're like, who is this guy? This guy is popping off the film. Now, he also in high school worked with a coach who went on to or who had coached multiple really highly talented guys at that high school level. You're talking about uh, Jalen Hyatt, who ended up being a Blitnikoff winner. You're talking about Antonio Williams, who popped off as a true freshman with Clemson. Now, he suffered some injuries this past season, but a big-time talent. And then Elijah Spencer, who didn't get as many looks in high school, but he also happened to be the one of the three that had to go through the COVID year during the middle of that recruiting season or recruiting huge process. So that definitely didn't help his case there, but that ended up playing to the Gophers favor in the long term of things because he is a very talented receiver. He can create separation. He is very good at creating that separation and his release off of the line of scrimmage. So that's why you see a lot of success with the slant routes, especially, but the Gophers didn't use it a ton in the 2023 season. That was shocking to me. I had high hopes for him and it wasn't by any of his fault that I was really, we didn't get to see much of him. I feel like the Gophers pass game was not as successful as they were anticipating it would be. 
On top of that, they were trying to work in so many different players. You're trying to work in Brevin Spanford. You're trying to work in Daniel Jackson. You're trying to work in Crab. You're trying to work in Lamecki and Elijah Spencer and Corey Crooms. There were just so many mouths to feed with a passing game that wasn't getting it done. Now you bring in a big time transfer quarterback who has had the production in the passing game. You imagine that he's going to fit your system better. We'll see if that happens. I truly think it will, but in the end, you don't know until you get it on the field. But that being said, Corey Crooms is gone. Chris Ottman Bell is gone. So that le- uh, Brevin Span Ford also at the tight end, but he also got moved out to the outside uh, positioning on the field when he was on the offensive side of ball. He wasn't always in line or coming from slot. Those are players giving a lot of vacancy to route opportunities, to target opportunities. And that should free up a player like Elijah Spencer to get a lot more opportunities in 2024, which is why I think Elijah Spencer is going to have a really good season and get back on the map for himself and his pro careers or pro aspirations moving forward. Now, flipping it to the defense, my first defensive player I want to talk about is Tyler Stolsky. Now, this is a name I heard some glowing reviews on at this point last year. And so I even mentioned him in my position group previews ahead of the season. Now, I may have been a year early, but when called upon later in the season and when called upon in the bowl game, he answered the call. Now, late in the year, he had 21 of his 26 total tackles in three of the final four gopher games of the season. The only game that he did not play in in the final four games was the Wisconsin game, but he played in the bowl. He played in Purdue and he played in Ohio state. Now, like I said, he got a lot of his production in those three games that he was able to play 21 of 26 total tackles and even led the team in tackles and had a sack in the bowl game where he was a starter for the team due to some of the injuries that had fallen upon this Gophers roster. Now, with that production, with that success that he saw in limited opportunity, I would not be surprised to see the Gophers get him some more snaps, some more looks, some more opportunities, especially as we head into the spring rotation. So I imagine he's going to have a look at more rotational snaps within this linebacker room, especially because they don't have as much depth as maybe they would like to at the position. Now, flipping it back to offense, like I said, we're going to do three on each side of the ball. We've got Kenrick Lanier. Now, this is a guy that I've been talking about since the spring of last year when he came in as an early enrollee because he popped off the page right away and he looked like a guy who got it, who was figuring it out. And even though things were newer, even though he was getting up to speed, you could see the talent that was just coming off of this kid. Has so much talent and it shows through. Now the coaches have been impressed with what they've seen from Kenrick Lanier. Crab recognized when we had our Gophers media day prior to the season how talented Kenrick Lanier was and that he was the future of the Gophers wide receiver room. And I think it's going to be hard to keep him off the field in 2024. Now, like I said, a lot of departures and targets and uh, snaps when it comes to the receiving options for this Gophers team. And I think he's going to find a way. Like the talent is just it's going to be hard to keep off the field. He's already used his red shirt season now. I think he's going to find a way to get on the field. And he can also answer a uh, uh, need for this Gophers wide receiver room because I think he could be a good jump ball receiver for this Gophers team. Now, you don't see, I'm not saying they can't do it, but you don't see a lot of jump ball opportunities for Daniel Jackson, for Elijah Spencer, or for Lamecki Brockington. So that could be a role that could get Kenrick Lanier onto the field if he can win in the contested catch and continue to improve and prove that he should be on the field. I think they'll find some more opportunities in a bigger role. Now, once again, I 
think Minnesota has a lot of talent in this receiver room, but will that talent be given the opportunity to shine? We're going to find out in 2024. Now, flipping it back to the defense, we've got my guy, Devin Eastern. Now, he was a full-time starting guy for Minnesota last year, but with Kyler Baugh now out of eligibility looking to try and take a shot at the pros, this is an opportunity for Devin Eastern to step up and really be the focus of the interior of this defensive line. And I think that he is going to be, he's going to answer the call. He's going to be ready for that moment, but also the, the upside of this defense comes from the interior push of this defensive line. And the person with the most talent, the most ability, and the most upside in that role is Devin Eastern, and it's not particularly close. He is built for the Big Ten and ready to take that next step. You could definitely definitely see him getting comfortable this past season and getting more comfortable with the coaching of uh, Coach Winston DeLatibadier and getting more comfortable with having the confidence to go out there and be a force in the Big Ten. Now you're telling me he gets another year of work with Coach Debo and another year of getting into that leadership role and another year of finding and having it click and having the game slow down? That could be a dangerous thing for future O-linemen that are playing in this Big Ten Conference. I think he is a player that you should be extremely excited about heading into year two with his position coach and that combo working together. So Devin Eastern is my other guy on the defense. And then the final ones that I'm going to say on the offensive side of the ball is at that tight end position. Now, obviously, we've got Jameson Gears. He's going to see more opportunity. But I think there's going to be one other tight end that's going to have to step up, whether it be from a receiving perspective or a blocking perspective. Now, I feel like Gears is the easy answer, but you have to imagine Minnesota is going to want some of those young guys to start to answer the call as well, seeing as they had two freshmen from the class of 23 and two freshmen from the class of 24. So if I had to take a shot in the dark, I would probably say Sam Peters is maybe the first one to take a shot at maybe getting some snaps. But that being said, there's some names you should be familiar with, like Jack Desano or Frank Bierman, who could fill that Cole Calarip, Coquif type of role, or Nick Calarip. I'm starting to mix them all over. But anyways, they, those two are names that could maybe step into that more H-back blocking tight end type of role that is huge in this Gophers offense. And then finally, the last names we're going to mention on the defense, I've already mentioned them. I'm going to group them together, Zaquan Bryan and Kerry Brown. Now, before the bowl, after the bowl, and then even in my way too early takes, I have talked about how I think these two are going to have opportunities to step up into starter positions, step up in their big rotational snaps, and that all starts in the spring. If they can capitalize and continue to climb the depth chart like we've been seeing, I think they're obviously going to step up into bigger roles for 2024. But speaking of 2024, what does success look like for the Gophers in the new Big Ten? We're jumping into that coming up next. First, I got to talk to you about our friends at LinkedIn Jobs, because at the start of a new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that will take my business to the next level in 2024? Well, LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success depends on the team that you surround yourself with. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created tools to help you find the right person professionals for your team faster and for free. Now you can also explore 
millions, millions of different users on that LinkedIn platform that have connections and they have different networks and they can help you expand your network when you're looking to hire the right role because LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates to choose from. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate in 24 hours. So if you're looking to achieve that new goal, it all starts with the right team. And now is the time to get over on LinkedIn Jobs to find your perfect team member. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And LinkedIn also knows that you're wearing a ton of different hats when it comes to working for a small business. And that's why they have a process that is intuitive and quick to help you get your team the right hire faster and free so go to linkedin.com slash locked on college again that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post about your job for free terms and conditions apply All right, Govers fans so let's talk about what does success look like in 2024 for this minnesota team because the big 10 is changing like it or not, there's 18 teams in the Big Ten now. Washington, who just lost in the national championship, is officially in the Big Ten. Oregon, who knows? Could they be losing Dan Lanning with Nick Saban officially retiring? I'm still baffled by that statement that Nick Saban, probably the GOAT of college football coaching, is not going to be coaching Bama next season. Could Lanning head to Alabama? Would that shake up the Big Ten, or is he locked in? There's so many questions. you got Lincoln Riley with USC. You've got UCLA coming over. And how do they all adjust? but also how do the teams of the West where people continuously look down on them and say they were in the West, it doesn't matter, it's the worst division, all this, all that. How do you go out there and prove your relevancy? How do you go out there and have a successful season with your Ohio State's, Michigan's, Penn State's, with those new schools coming in and still competing with your rivals from the West? Well, obviously no one is going to be chalking up Minnesota to win the conference next season or get to a Big Ten championship. That's just at least no one within that's not legitimately a part of the program is having those expectations for the Gophers. But with no divisions, no West, and, you know, a lot up in the air, what becomes the measuring stick for success for this Gopher fan base? Now, an extremely optimistic fan might say something like striving to do good enough to get into the 12-team playoff, but I don't think that that's a realistic expectation in the new Big Ten in year one as you're still having younger players that are still getting more experience and growing into their roles. I don't know if that's something that is a realistic achievement for the Gophers in the next season. I would love to be wrong about that, and if I am, I will eat crow about it. I am not I'm not a, above saying I was wrong. But at the same time, I feel like that's shooting for the absolute ceiling is expecting or hoping for a playoff appearance. But realistically, as you look at the schedule, I would say the following. I would say anything below 500 is a failure, plain and simple. It will really raise major questions about the standard and the expectations that have already been raised. And you want to see eight plus win seasons and you want to be in the conversation. You want to pull upsets and you want to beat your rivals. Those are the expectations now for Minnesota. And that's a good thing. But that also means that you can't go out there and have back to back under 500 seasons. That itself is not acceptable. And so being below that again, especially since Minnesota shouldn't have been below 500 this past season in the first place would be 
dire. Now, 500 itself is still not good enough. You need to get above 500 in this first year to get a better quality bowl game, but it also means putting yourself into better position to pull off some upsets. So you definitely need to get above that 500 mark. So when we're talking about a successful season, it starts by getting above 500. Now, just saying one game above 500, that doesn't necessarily mean you had a successful season. But in my opinion, success solely for the 2024 year. Just looking at next year starts around a plus 500 season, but you also need to see progress from the offense in the passing game. That is, is a functional. And then you also need to have a dominating ground game because if you have Darius Taylor, you have CA Bengura, you have Jordan Newbin, and now you bring in Marcus Major, you have a lot of backs in that room. And that means if that is your style of ball, if that is your preference, you need to go out there and you need to prove it and you need to dominate in it and open up the passing game that needs to show at least levels of functionality. Now, if you can do that and get above 500 and beat one or both of your two major rivals, I think that's where you lean into, okay, it was a successful season and anything above that is just raising the bar and lifting expectations for the future, which is great. That is a good thing. But overall, I think that's where success starts to go for the 2024 season. And then, of course, you got to keep that bowl game streak going. Another bowl victory would be huge. And especially if it is a bowl victory or a bowl that is more elevated in how respected it is. Now, an eight plus one, if you add all of that up in conglomeration and take a look at it, that's giving you an eight plus one season with rivalry wins. And that will keep folks satisfied and wanting more. And that's good for the fan base. That's something that continue to push you and lift it up. Now that said, Minnesota will and should strive for more because, yes, there have been major departures, Tyler Noob and Brevin Span Ford, but there is still a lot of players returning. So use that to your favor and get some revenge, revenge games. Go out there and get a win versus UNC in the opening game. Go out there and finally beat Brett Bielema, please, please. I mean, the fact that we haven't beaten Illinois in the last three years is absurd to me. It makes me lose my mind sometimes. But go out there and beat Brett Bielema. Go out there and prove that Rutgers is the junior to Minnesota and not the other way around. On top of that, get the axe back because I can't stand hearing Wisconsin fans just go, who's got the axe? Who's got the axe? Disregarding anything that has happened in the past three years. Now, on top of that, if you can keep Floyd at home, you know you're going to have a happy Gopher fan base. But then it's big. You're playing both of the California schools next year. If you can show one or both of them that the Big Ten defenses are tougher than what they imagined and that it's not going to be easy pickings out here in the Big Ten, that goes a long way as well. You do all that and you win your two other non-conference games that need to be auto wins, then you're sniffing a potential double-digit win season again. Will that be enough for a 12-team playoff? I'm not sure about that one, probably not, but an eight plus one season would have things back on track, especially in the new Big Ten. And then you need to take that and find a way to continue to elevate it and never settle. So we will see what Minnesota is up for, That if Minnesota is up for the challenge in 2024. But I finally want to shift it over to one team in Minnesota that was up for the challenge, and that was the Gophers women's basketball team who upset Michigan on the road. We're going to dive into that and why it does not get easier, but I think this team can handle the struggles of the next three opponents, which are all top 30 teams. Coming up next. 
All right, Govers fans, I got to talk to you again about our friends at FanDuel because they have the best deal that you can possibly find out there for new customers. And that's basically putting $150 in bonus bets into your pocket guaranteed. Now, how can you go wrong with something like that? With the NFL season wrapping up, it's time to take advantage. And the NBA is in full swing. College basketball is in full swing. So there's still sports to go out there and bet on. And it's why FanDuel is America's number one sports book because you can get on the action with a new bet, customer bet, where if you place a $5 bet or more on anything, anything at all out there, you will get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed win or lose. If it's free, it's me. You know how it goes. So Gophers fans, definitely go out and check out FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. And you can take advantage of live same game parlays. You can check out the parlay hub or even explore the new explore tab that will give you suggestions as well and so much more. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on today and take advantage and get your free $150 in bonus bets when you place a $5 bet win or lose. All right, Gophers fans, we're wrapping it up with Gophers women's basketball team who gave Michigan their first home loss on the entire season. Now, the Gophers got back on track. They get another Big Ten win. They're 2-2 two and two in the Big Ten, and they also move up in the net rankings, making them the 34th team in the net rankings in the entire country. So that is impressive to see this young Gopher team still thriving. Now, it's impressive. This win itself is impressive because Michigan, like I said, hadn't lost a home game all season to that point. So they got out there and Michigan was also the higher team in the net rankings. So Minnesota, or Minnesota got a big quad one win in this away victory. That's a resume building win, which should help the Gophers case in trying to make the tournament. Now their non-conference schedule also was filled with a lot of teams who could end up winning their conferences. So they're starting to pile on some things that could really give them a case as long as they continue to win. Now Minnesota shot the lights out in this game. I mean, my goodness, they they were so on fire. I, it, you couldn't cool them off, plain and simple. Now, Minnesota shot 15 of 28 from deep, so over 50%, and they got hot from the floor early. Then they had a little bit of a cold streak in there around the third quarter or so, and I was starting to get worried myself, like, are they going to let Michigan back into the game by shooting too many threes? But they turned it on again in the fourth quarter and absolutely ran away with a big victory. G Money was quiet offensively in the first three quarters, but man, oh man, four for four in the fourth quarter with 16 points from a true freshman. Yeah, okay, you'll take that any day of the week and twice on whichever day you're playing the game. But at the same time, you had Mallory Heyer who had 21 and led the team. She was swishing from deep as well. Mara had 17 with quick scoring early, but definitely she kind of got quieter in the second half. And then you had Amaya Battle who continues to do it all like she always does. 13 points, nine rebounds, four assists, but she did have a tough four turnovers as well. So she's got to continue to clean up on those turnovers, but she is such a spark plug for this team in all facets of the game. 
Now, overall, it was a big win for Minnesota, but their next three matchups are equally or more difficult than this Michigan matchup. You got Nebraska at home. They're 29th in the net rankings. Then you go on the road to a number 11 IU team. And then finally, you come back home and you've got the 14th net ranking of Michigan State to host. So three opponents that are top 30 opponents in the net rankings. And if you can win one or two, that will go a very long way, a very long way into your confidence moving forward but also into your resume and getting into the tournament conversation. So Minnesota will get some extra film time coming up. That's big time against Nebraska. Now, Nebraska is the first game on that docket. That's this Sunday. They're 11 and four currently with two loss or with losses to number 22, Creighton, TCU, Kansas, and number 14, Indiana. So they've lost the quality opponent. Now, Minnesota will get that extra film time, like I was saying, because Nebraska plays Illinois on Thursday. So that means the Gophers team is probably going to get together and watch that game and start to break down and see how they would adjust on the fly. And you can kind of react while watching the game and what you would do differently and talk about what you're seeing in the live action. That should help spur things for the Gophers when it comes to the actual game. But Nebraska is a team that has a ton of depth. They have nine players with who average about 15 or more minutes a game. That depth allows them to play fresh and also to play quick and get in transition. And we have seen that transition style wear Minnesota down in that Iowa matchup. So this will be the first opportunity and a good measuring stick for Minnesota to test how they can adjust in that department and if they can clean that up for future opponents that do the same type of play style. Now, both of these teams average about 42 rebounds a game, so it should be a pretty evenly matched when it comes to the battle of the boards. But the biggest thing for Minnesota in this matchup is efficiency in shooting and also taking care of the basketball. You cannot turn the ball over too many times against this Nebraska team. Now, the matchup of the game is going to be Sophie Hart versus Alexis Markowski, the two centers on both teams, because Alexis Markowski is their 6'3 center for Nebraska, who is their key player by far and away. She averages 17 and a half points and leads the team in scoring, but she also leads the entire Big Ten Conference with 9.7 rebounds per game, which, like I said, is the best in the Big Ten. So a major key for Minnesota will be trying to get her into foul trouble because when Markowski is in foul trouble, Nebraska can tend to have some struggles, and that's where they can get into that gray area of concern. So if Minnesota can make Nebraska uncomfortable by getting Markowski into foul trouble and letting Sophie Hart really dominate on the inside, that could go a long way into getting Coach puts away another big win in the Big Ten. We're going to see how it all goes coming up this weekend. Nebraska comes to Dinkytown. It'll be a good one, and hopefully you're in there making the barn go crazy. Now, I will see you again tomorrow where we're going to talk about some great football talk, and it's going to be a good one. So I'll see you then. Roll the boat, Scott. You might go Gophers. And as always, don't forget to subscribe.